0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, December 13th. We begin with a look at the continuing and complex issue of homelessness in Calgary. We speak with Chaz Smith, president and founder of Be The Change YYC. Chaz explains why he believes warming centres would be a viable option for the city and how he feels city council could better help those in need.
1: Next, it's an apology from the top brass of the Canadian Armed Forces aimed at those who've been affected by sexual assault, harassment and discrimination. But is it enough and what's coming next? We get the latest from Amanda Connolly, political reporter with Global News.
0: Then could it be that a drug already in production and used worldwide may contain properties that could combat Alzheimer's disease. We catch up with Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician, for details on a new study on an alternate use for Viagra.
1: And finally, what the heck is a fuman cookie or a Chugert yummy? We get the answers from Cammie Laird, editor of Saver Calgary magazine, who joins us to share details of the latest issue of the magazine, now available, which also happens to mark the publication's second anniversary. Can you imagine living outside in this cold weather? As you can imagine, people are risking frostbite while they sleep Outdoors because they don't, for many reasons, want to use Calgary's downtown homeless shelter, for example. Joining us to talk about the homeless situation in our city is Chaz Smith, president and CEO of the outreach organization Be the Change YYC. Good morning, Chaz.
2: Good morning too.
1: Thanks so much for joining us the cold weather obviously here it is cold for the next handful of days but it seems like very little is being done to get our homeless population the help they need to get them off the streets. So first off roughly how many people can you tell us and I know you don't have an accurate count but how many people are estimated to be living rough on Calgary streets right now not staying in the shelters?
2: In 2018, uh, we identified 3,000 people experiencing homelessness on any given day. Uh, so, on our counts, we see roughly 70 percent of all the individuals that we interact with are saying that they will be sleeping outside.
0: In, incredible! And you, you look at you know the wrinkles of the pandemic. That's one thing, uh, but the consistent is consistent uh, part of it is homelessness hasn't gone away at all during the pandemic.
2: Absolutely, and indeed, it looks like there is uh, possibly more people experiencing homelessness now than previous.
1: So, Chaz, talk a little bit about why these folks are not staying at the drop-in centre, for example. What is it that keeps them living on the street instead of going inside where we have a shelter?
2: Well, there are a multitude of, you know, very legitimate reasonings. Uh, Some are that people might have a pet. Uh, Some are that people might have a safety concern. Um, we have women that are fleeing uh, sexual abuse and sometimes uh, their abuser could be staying there, for example. Uh, not to mention the fear of accessing just because of the environment. Um, so we did do a survey on December 2nd of 86 individuals we served on the streets that night. Um, 20 individuals participated in that survey Um so six individuals said they would not be accessing emergency shelters because of theft. Three said that they would not be accessing due to violence. Three were barred from entering. One was a husband and wife that did not want to be separated. And seven said mental health, particularly not able to sleep at night.
0: Let's let's, let's talk about this because that those are the shelters and the, the drop-in centers, so to speak. When we hear the term warming center... What exactly, I know you're an advocate for the warming centers, what exactly is a warming center and how is it different uh, than a drop-in center, for example, or an emergency shelter?
2: Yeah, so many cities use warming centers. uh, For example, Toronto and Vancouver. Um, A warming center is a place uh, where you can simply just drop in for a few hours to warm up. Um, So it would not be a place, an emergency shelter where you would be sleeping. It would be a place where you could access to warm up for a a particular point in time, generally throughout the night. Um, And you would be able to receive emergency supplies as needed, uh, possibly winter gear, mitts, toques, gloves, emergency blankets, and so on.
3: So,
1: Chaz, you, I know you were kind of spearheading the drive and, and asking City Council for warming centres in the city. And that would maybe be your idea was to use the um, transit stops, which are closed through the night to, uh, you know, just allow people to get inside and, and get warm. Nobody else is in there and they could use those places. So is the city going ahead with that idea? Where has where that gone so far?
2: Unfortunately, it wasn't recommended to use that, uh, the, the transit stations. Um, Instead, a presentation to city council was done asking for $750,000 to um, identify barriers to access shelters and uh, basically bring people to those shelters. Uh, unfortunately, many individuals throughout the city um, are not able to access or don't want to access those particular services due to uh, the barriers that were identified during the city council uh, meeting.
0: Well, you know, we do have a new city council and, and the, our new mayor, Jyoti Gundak, seems to be is very sympathetic. Is this the time where you can, excuse the pun, strike while the iron is hot? And, you know, uh, really make some uh, ground with these folks uh, as far as what to uh, be the change wants, want and, and what people on the ground like you uh, are advocating?
2: Absolutely. I, I do have a hope uh, with our, our current mayor and our current city council. I think what's different in the environment now is that we do have COVID, which has really highlighted Uh, the types of barriers facing people experiencing homelessness. Right now, uh, we have limitations because many individuals don't have identification. uh, If they're, you know, often being robbed or they've lost their wallet, uh, not to mention a cell phone that's fully charged to even access that vaccine record. Traditionally, when it was getting this cold out, we would, you know, give out $5 McDonald's gift cards and we would encourage clients to warm up inside of a McDonald's or um, another uh, type of place where they could sit and eat and and access, and that has continued uh, to be a barrier. I think when it comes to um, people experiencing homelessness, we all have to be part of this conversation and continue to ask for a system that is equitable and continues to try to serve people where they're at.
1: Must be a little frustrating, Chaz, for you and your team at Be The Change YYC to hear there's $750,000 sort of being bantied about, but not going to the things that you guys on the front lines are hearing from our homeless population that, you know, they will or will not be able to access.
2: It is, absolutely. It it can be very frustrating when we know that there is a better way. Uh, When the individuals we're serving are asking for that better way, Um, We have already been seeing amputations um, from people having frostbite. We are already seeing individuals that have frostbite. um, And this is valuable human life. Um, They all have inherent human dignity um, and and human potential. And I often think, uh, you know, when I experienced homelessness for uh, those three years, how It would look very different if I did not have the services I needed to uh, end the cycle of homelessness. And what is very scary is if I had received, you know, a leg amputation like just happened not too long ago to one of our individuals and the type of quality of life that, that that would have given me.
0: Chaz, we have about 20 seconds, but when Sue approached you and said, hey, would you like to you know, uh, pair up with us, we uh, created the Mitten Project. Tell us the importance of something like mittens. I think in our mindset, we think you need that uh, if I can't donate the biggest, heaviest coat possible, then I can't really help, but the importance of mittens, for example, and gloves.
2: Yeah, something as simple as mittens and gloves can absolutely reduce frostbite. Uh, that gives a person warm hands. That's something that you absolutely need to survive the night and the cold.
1: Well, Chaz, we're asking people to drop off brand-new mitts, brand-new gloves. We've got a drop box in our front lobby, free parking in front of the building, so you can just run in, drop them off, and help us out and help out the homeless population out on the street, which is what you and your team do. Thank you so much for all that you do as part of Be The Change YYC. And thank
2: you for supporting that work.
1: Thanks, Chaz. Chaz Smith, President and CEO, founder of Be The Change YYC. You can also donate through that organization at bethechangeyyc.org.
0: And, of course, dropping up the mitts at 3320 17th Avenue Southwest at Corus Calgary World Headquarters during business hours. Uh, Bring on down those mitts and gloves to make the difference. Current and former members of the Canadian Armed Forces will be offered an apology today from the top. And that is for uh, sexual assault and harassment cases and how they have been handled. With more information on what to expect this afternoon, we are joined by Amanda Connolly, political reporter with Global News. Good morning to you, Amanda.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Now, let's uh, talk about this. What can we expect to hear from officials today? And can you break down? I understand this is going to be an apology in three parts. Is that right?
4: Yes, so that is what we understand so far. We're going to see this apology coming from three individuals. One of those is, of course, uh, Defence Minister Anita Anand speaking on behalf of the government, as well as the Chief of the Defence Staff, General Wayne Eyre, uh, apologising for the military, and the Deputy Minister of the Department of National Defence, Jody Thomas, who will be apologising on behalf of the department itself. And so um, certainly this comes, again, as I think a lot of people had um, been hoping there might be a chance to do this in person. Uh, That, of course, is not the case with rising COVID case counts across the country. The military is moving ahead with a virtual apology today. This is taking place at one o'clock Eastern time today. And again, it's this is a significant day for the victims and survivors of military sexual misconduct who have been waiting for years for this apology and really um, really looking for some some kind of form of acknowledgement of what they've been through. You mentioned for years, you're right. So do we know why? Has there been any mention at all of
1: why this has taken so long? Or is that just a, a ridiculous question? It's because they, they, they were hoping things were going to go Go away the Canadian military and certainly they just continue to get worse didn't they
4: yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I know I've certainly asked this to the military a number of times, really have not gotten a clear answer the the multiple times I have put this question into them. The last that I've heard is that uh, they had been hoping to do this. Uh, they, again, they have been hoping to do this in person. That had been their, their goal for the apology. They've been kind of waiting, engaging the COVID situation to see if that might be possible. But of course, uh, as, as it has become clear during the fall here, that that was not going to be the case. Uh, things were, were getting a little bit more more turbulent and challenging with uh, cases. It's seems that they've decided to move ahead here. We also don't know, frankly, uh, whether the the delay here and the, the wait to give this apology was tied to the fact that the class action lawsuit submissions process was still open up until the end of last month. That claims process did end on uh, November 24th and we saw roughly uh, just, just shy of 19,000 people coming forward to submit claims saying that they've experienced sexual misconduct, harassment, discrimination in the Canadian forces. And roughly half of those, about 40, 42% is the final number, are actually men.
0: Hmm. Wow. Incre- yeah, that's something that has come to light in the, in the past short little mm-hmm. while here. And it was kind of shocking. So let's let's break this down, though, as far as what this means for victims and survivors of military sexual misconduct. Because normally, Amanda, you know when a, an apology happens, that's putting a bow on things. That's kind of the end of the road. But not in this case, as you mentioned with the class action Uh, You know, uh, coming ahead. This is kind of just the beginning, isn't it?
4: It is. This certainly is not the end of the road for the government, for uh, survivors and and victims here. Um, We we really are watching for a lot of further information on this file. The government, of course, has been under um, heavy, heavy criticism for the past almost 11 months now since Global News first reported on allegations of military sexual misconduct in February. Um, The government really has been struggling to deal with this. I spoke to one person this fall a defense expert who was comparing the crisis as a gaping chest wound for the government they just could not seem to stem the damage flowing from this and so um really I think that we're, we're seeing a lot of um a lot of attention put on Minister onand in her new role as defense minister looking for for kind of what what her moves will be there how quickly she will act and certainly she has acted quickly on some issues on this file so far and so again really all eyes though are on the uh the review being undertaken here Bye. Former Supreme Court of Canada Justice Louise Arbour. That report not expected until early uh, early in the new year, but that is what will we are we are uh, have been told by the government will likely tee up some of these really big reforms that they've committed to to doing uh, for an independent reporting system within the military. So a, a lot to keep an eye on here. Certainly not the end of the road here, and a lot more a lot more details that we're waiting for on how the government will actually address the problem here going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. I Amanda, mean, I'm sure that, you know the people are pleased who are involved in this case that they'll finally get the apology, But is there some um, concern, perhaps, or, or people feeling like maybe they should have heard from the prime minister on this front today as well?
4: Yeah, this certainly has been one of the questions that we, we've heard. Um, there had been calls from some advocates uh, this fall that perhaps the prime minister might be well-placed to be part of this apology to reflect the fact that, again, he has been the prime minister since uh, since 2015, uh, did not act on some of the major recommendations from a landmark 2015 report looking at this particular this, this particular problem in the military of sexual misconduct. And so um, not really clear, again, why he is not participating in that Um we haven't really gotten a clear answer from the government about that, but certainly uh, the, the participation of the Defence Minister certainly is is a form of political involvement and uh, government kind of kind of um, involvement in this decision today.
0: Amanda, thank you so much for your time and the update this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. That is Amanda Connolly, political reporter with Global News. Could it be that a drug already in production and used across the globe could prevent Alzheimer's disease or help in the battle. That's what a new study from Cleveland's Genomic Medicine Institute is looking into. With details on the research, we're joined by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. Jay.
5: Good morning.
0: This research involves a very well-known drug. Give us some details because it's quite shocking when you think about it.
5: Absolutely. So if we think of Alzheimer's disease as a disease where there's abnormal plaques that get stuck into the brain and they don't allow the, the brain to function properly, which uh, essentially uh, messes with memory, as we all know, and is very, very progressive and a nasty one. Well, the glue, if we think of one of the uh, uh, proteins in the brain as a glue, we have found out that Viagra might actually mess with the glue. And if you mess with the glue, then you can't actually put these plaques together. So, a drug like Viagra or Viagra itself might actually uh, have some play in the development of, uh, of Alzheimer's. And by uh, interfering with that glue, you might actually prevent or help the progression of Alzheimer's.
1: That's fascinating, Dr. J. So, so potentially, if there is some thought that this could be helpful, would you, would you take the Viagra dr- drug and sort of rejig it then or use it as it is?
5: Uh, it would be rejigged for sure. So right now, um, it's fascinating that drugs like Viagra and Cialis are used for conditions such as Reynolds disease, uh, where there's very poor uh, peripheral circulation, or people who have, um, uh, like, are on the verge of having an amputation of their limbs, whether it be a hand or a leg you can help with microvascular va- uh, circulation with either of those drugs. They're rejigged in dosing, they're rejigged in, in how, how much uh, milligrams would be taken and how they're taken, but we already know uh, we can use these drugs in those settings. So this would be, a, it can be, it would be brought back to market as a completely different drug with a completely different name, et cetera, but it might be used for a purpose such as this.
0: Give us, you know, from your professional standpoint, how if it is showing this much promise and has an effect, How quick can we see something like like this to market that rejigged version?
5: Uh, This would take some time. So uh, of interest, I'm I'm, I'm a bit cynical about this actual study, uh, per se, it's fascinating, it makes for a great headline, but when you actually look at the data, so they theoretically said this can mess with the glue and it seems to be true, and then they looked at insurance claims of people on Viagra and did they seem to have less dementia and it seemed to be true at a rate of uh, 69% is the quoted rate of uh, decreased uh, r- risk. But that is pretty soft science. I think we have, a, unfortunately, a long way to go. This would have to go through a lot of studies before it actually uh, makes prime time here.
1: All right, so more research needs to be done. But, you know, any th- anytime we can find something that has a positive in the fight against Alzheimer's, that's, that's got to be a good thing. Moving forward, you never know. It might just be something that, that can work.
5: Absolutely. So even if, say, this didn't work specifically, you might learn a lot by trying to pursue it, and it might end up with a completely different drug that looks like Viagra, looks like Cialis, that might be the drug that's actually the winner drug. And uh, But yeah, as long as we're always winning, and it's a good, it's a feel-good story in the sense of uh, COVID, and we, we think that everything is actually over, and we're not doing any research but for COVID, but there's always things happening, there's always things behind the scenes that are moving forward, and particularly in this Alzheimer's, word world that's uh that's a huge win absolutely
0: can always lean on you for uh you know very interesting uh, bits and uh, the latest information so we appreciate your time dr jay oh you betcha dr ted jablonski our on-call family physician camp craft cocktails foomin cookies and chew gurt yummy all right sounds like i'm speaking a different language <laughs> it really does uh but she is here to explain what this all means cammy laird of course editor of savor calgary magazine good morning to you cammy good morning andrew The new edition is out. We're going to find out what the heck I just said in a second. But first, happy anniversary. Tell us about what this means.
3: Well, you know, the pandemic has sort of warped time, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One minute you're putting out a brand-new magazine, and the next you're just celebrating your second anniversary. So we're we're just super chuffed that... We've been able to not just survive, but thrive and put out a great magazine for these uh, past couple of years. And uh, we're just really proud of it and wanted to kind of toot our own horn a little bit there. As you should. It is a fantastic
1: magazine. Anything and everything to do with the food scene in Calgary, it's in Savour Calgary magazine. All right, let's move on to uh, Camp Craft Cocktails, because anytime we're talking about cocktails, you have me. But what the Camp Craft Mm -hmm. part
3: well, it's super fun because they come in jars, which you know anything that comes in a mason jar is cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's a bunch of different ingredients that you pour liquor into. You let it kind of do its thing in your fridge for for a few days, and then um, pour it out. Enjoy, sip. It makes eight cocktails per uh, jar, and you can uh, do it twice. So that's 16. Um, And this one is sweater weather, which we just love. This is cinnamon and marshmallows and all that sort of great stuff, which makes a really grown up hot chocolate.
0: Ooh. Sounds like homebrew. I like it. She's now staring into space, and you've distracted her. She might as well go home. Um, Fuman cookies. What is a Fuman cookie?
3: Well, a fuman cookie is um, an Iranian cookie, or kolache is the word that they use. And it is so beautiful. It's a soft, crumbly cookie uh, with a swirly sort of design. And inside is uh, a walnut, sweet, spicy, savory mixture. Mm. And, um, yeah, so a fella named Ismail Soleimani started Buddy's Bakery in honor of his aging father, who um always dreamed his sons would become bakers and none of them did. <laughs> and uh and he, he sort of got sentimental near the end there. And um and he yeah, he opened this bakery in honor of his father who passed a couple of months after it opened. Uh smile was telling me this story on Center Street and I was crying. But you know, that's you know uh, <laughs> this is a beautiful, beautiful story. And the cookies are just as beautiful. Um and they've had a partnership with Village Ice Cream. So you can get, you know, two for the price of one, uh, when it comes to flavor. Uh, that is you get these cookies and the ice cream. Yeah, so good. Love it. So okay, good.
1: let's talk before we let you go. Chewgurt
3: Yummy. <laughs> Say what? Well, I know. It's, uh, it, They're yogurt cheaper like drinks. They're cold. They're made with all fresh ingredients and you can get, you know, anything from dragon fruit to peach to um, grape, anything you like, very fruity, very fresh, very refreshing. And it's got chewy rice in it. If you want so it's not for everybody, obviously, but um, it it adds this great kind of texture that you can eat your drink. And uh, I don't know how else to explain it, but go out and try it. So great.
0: So beautiful. So many people have FOMO. They will be trying it. You You know it. Perhaps the ultimate opportunity Uh, to pick up your magazine, pick up Saver Calgary and, uh, you know, get some ideas for the foodies on your uh, Christmas list, isn't it, Cammie? Oh, yeah,
3: that's, uh, this is the favorite things issue. It is chock full of the favorite things of our staff and our friends and uh, just dozens and dozens of ideas. You can't go wrong.
1: Love it. It's perfect just ahead of the holidays. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Cammie. Always love chatting with you. (laughs) Thanks, Sue. Tammy Laird, editor of Savor Calgary magazine. Go online, savercalgary.ca.
0: The only issue with it is you the have to... The only
1: issue <laughs> with the I like issue... That.
0: Is It's almost like going grocery shopping. You have to eat before you go to the grocery shopping. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, the, the supermarket. Because you're so hungry when you mm-hmm. flip through saver. You know what I feel like eating the pages. So true. And, and the paper gets stuck in my teeth. Yeah. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.